All right, welcome to the Basement Sports and Entertainment Podcast. I am your host, Jordy Dereniak. On a, and a happy Friday to those who are listening. Made it to the end of the week. Hopefully it was a good week. Um, yeah, I don't have too much planned today. Uh, we're finishing off our college football preview series. Uh, I started last week. I did the ACC the Big Ten, the Big 12, and then this week I did the uh, Pac-12 SEC. And now today I have a group of five and preview along with Notre Dame. And if you want to see, hear any of these podcasts, go ahead to listen to them on Spotify or, uh, or find them on our website, basementsportsandentertainment.com is the word and not the symbol. We also have a lot of great articles on there, and we have more that get put on there every day. So please stop by and check out the website in addition or after you listen to this podcast. All right, I'm just going to dive right into it. Today's show isn't going to be too long. It's going to be a little shorter, but hey, short and sweet for Friday. Not that not not a super long listen for you. I know people's attention spans, including my own, can uh, sometimes tune out, but uh, I think uh, we'll be good today. All right, I'm starting with Notre Dame. Went ten and two last season. They lost in the ACC championship, thirty-four to ten, and and. I was very happy to see that because I just want to make sure I have a nice fuck Notre Dame in here. I I cannot stand Notre Dame. And then they got pummeled by Alabama 31-14 in the college football playoff. So again, nice to see Notre Dame losing their final two games of the year. Very nice. And it's also very nice to, for me to see that Notre Dame does not look like a college football playoff-worthy team this year, but they are the best independent team, so I have them in this preview, and I know a lot of people are going to want to hear my thoughts on Notre Dame. And quite frankly, I think having Kyron Williams and Michael Mayer back is huge, that's just two great weapons for their offense. However, they only have one starter on the offensive line coming back, and they lose Ian Book, who was actually a pretty good quarterback for them, as much as I hate to say it. But he was, and now he's gone. And in comes Jack Cohn, a transfer from Wisconsin. And I don't know if this is something to be exactly particularly excited about if you're a Notre Dame fan, because... Again, one starter back on the offensive line, so that's a lot to replace. Plus, Jack Cohn last season had a 3.4% big-time throw percentage compared to a 3.6% turnover-worthy play rate. That is not a good thing because that essentially means he's more slightly more likely to commit a play or make a play that should be a turnover than he is to make a big-time throw with his arm. That isn't good, and especially in the passing era of of football. I mean, you can't have that. You need somebody who can make plays, and Ian Book was able to make the plays for them. I don't think they're going to get that with Jack Cohn. That's why I don't think they're a playoff-worthy team this season. They do bring back seven on defense, so that's obviously nice. But, I mean... 
and that does include stud safety Kyle Hamilton, but I don't think this team's good enough to win with just a defense and, in my opinion, just a questionable offense. As far as their big games, they get to play Wisconsin and Chicago, which is going to be a huge game. And you know what? I think that's when Wisconsin wins. I really do. And I'm not just saying that because I hate Notre Dame. I think Wisconsin's got a pretty damn good team. And Notre Dame, again, I think has, with those question marks on the offense, I think I think they're going to... I think they're going to lose that game. I do think they beat Cincinnati, though, because they got them at home. But then they also get USC and North Carolina at home. And that's it's. they had it pretty easy, in all honesty, with the schedule. They're, most of their toughest games are at home. North Carolina and USC, they should beat at home. The game that they should worry about is the Wisconsin game. If they don't lose that game, they should go 12-0. It's that simple for Notre Dame. It's not a tough schedule, but uh, again, I think they lose the Wisconsin game. I think they're going to go 11-1 and and miss out in the college football playoff, but still get in a nice bowl game. As far as Notre Dame's play-action percentage from a year ago, 22.5%, tied for 97th, disgusting. Screen percentage, 9.3%, 100th, horseshit. Deep percentage, 12.7% 110th what the fuck again it's it's it really is eye opening seeing some of these numbers for especially power five or five and big time programs it's just how and it does it helps explain why though so few why we have so not even a handful of teams that are competing or a real national title contender. It helps explain it a lot. And then as far as Notre Dame's EPA per pass a year ago, 0.219, which was 19th, so good. Very good, actually. I'm not going to understate that. EPA per run was minus 0.03157. th And then here's another ugly thing. 52.4% pass rate, 70th in the country. But see, and see, that's the other thing for them this season is with Jack Cohn, I don't know you want him throwing the ball a lot. And with the new offensive line, how likely is it they're going to be able to effectively win at the line of scrimmage and run the ball on whoever they want? I think they lose against Wisconsin and go 11-1 and again. I feel very comfortable in saying that. Then my next team I would like to talk about, Liberty. They went nine, or they went ten and one, and they won the Cure Bowl over Coastal Carolina, thirty-seven to thirty-four in overtime. And they have a great young QB, Malik Willis, and I. And he's he's a potential. He's a guy to pay attention to as a small school guy who could actually be a pretty big name when it comes to the NFL draft. The court after uh, Sam Howell of North Carolina and Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma, the quarterback rankings as far as prospects go for the 2022 class, it's pretty open, but Malik Willis is definitely up there, so that's a major thing in their favor. And then they also got Joshua Mack at running back and DJ Stubbs at receiver, and those are two of their best playmakers. And so I think it's 
So again, it shapes up nicely for Liberty in that area. And they also have five, all five starters on their offensive line returning with 10 on defense. Liberty is loaded, and they are, they're, they're looking nice. you got to like seeing that a lot. I mean, all five, again, five guys up front and 10 out of 11 guys on defense. With a full offseason, that's going to be very nice to see. However, they do have two games against Power 5 competitions that, that and well, they're, what I want to get at is they're going to need that because they have two games against Power 5 opponents this season, and they're going to need both if they want to need to win both if they want to be the group of five team that uh the group of five or independent that uh represents in the that ends up in the uh, college football playoff it's uh it's it's a very good thing to have those things again and at Syracuse I think is a game they should win Syracuse isn't a threat However, at Ole Miss is a tough one, and late in the year, Ole Miss is going to play offense. How good can that Liberty defense be? Can they make a few stops? If not, I don't think they can win that game, and I honestly don't think they do win that game. It's on the road, and again, I don't think they're going to get the stops necessary. And also, I don't know if Liberty's offense in general is good enough to go score for score with the Rebels. I, I don't like those odds. I think they have a one-loss season as well, like uh, Notre Dame, but uh, they obviously don't have as high of a ceiling as Notre Dame could just because they're too small of a school to get looked at for a major games, unless they, of course, are the highest-ranked independent or group of five. But uh, after them, I look at Cincinnati, who looks really good. They're 9-1. and one. They had a disappointing loss in the Peach Bowl. They were the group of five team that went last season, played Georgia in the Peach Bowl, lost 24-21 to on a late game-winning drive. Heartbreaker. But Cincinnati's got its key players back, like Desmond Ritter, Michael Young Jr., wide receiver. So, And Desmond Ritter is the most important, of course, because he's a dual threat and he, he can lead through the air and on the ground. I like Cincinnati's chances a lot this year. I really do. However, oh, I, they returned three starters on the offensive line and seven on defense, so that does go well for them. But they got two tough games, and I I definitely don't see them winning both. They play at Indiana and at Notre Dame. That could be two losses right there. That's that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough for Cincinnati. Indiana actually looks good. I think the Hoosiers should have a good year. But uh, and then also again also Notre Dame. But it's 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 just a matter of they recruit different caliber of players. Notre Dame is well coached. Well, well, I don't know. Brian Brian Kelly's been there a while and hasn't gotten them anything they wanted. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, that 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 felt nice to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, Cincinnati. I think they they lose. Cincinnati, I feel like, is going to end up losing probably both of these games. I hate to say it just because it would be nice to see them 
I've, I've always had a soft spot for them as far as the group of five schools go, but I, I think they're going to end up losing both, and that's unfortunate. As far as their PFF ranks in their conference go, their receiver and group ranks second, offensive line eighth, defensive line first, and secondary first. So the defense looks set, but the offensive line is going to be a potential it's going to be a potential problem for them. And that's, again, when you're playing two teams like Indiana and Notre Dame on the road, if your offensive line's not good, it's going to make it very tough. Next up, and this, my final team, but the one I'm actually the most excited to talk about is Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina went 11-1 a year ago and 37-34 in overtime. They lost the Cure Bowl to Liberty. However, they got they got a lot of nice pieces coming back in their favor, and they have the easiest schedule amongst the group of five in independence. I think I think, uh, I think uh, we're gonna get a Grayson McCall another incredible season from him. Last season, he had threw for 2,488 yards, had 26 touchdowns up against three interceptions, and his favorite target, Javon Healy, he is back, and he had 998 yards and 10 touchdowns a year ago, so that was huge. And then, of course, Isaiah Likely is back, and he had 601 yards and five touchdown grabs. And, uh... Oh, duh. Also, Grayson McCall, of course, being the runner he is, he actually had 569 yards and seven touchdowns a year ago as well to contribute with the passing. And that's why I think they're going to be undefeated. Is again, the easy schedule, but having those three guys, especially Grayson McCall, he is so good in that offense. And I, I just think, I just think it, it they, they have it set up to where they should be able to have the undefeated season they were hoping at last season. But again, I think they get it this season. I think it lines up, and I think they're going to end up playing in a New Year's, uh, bowl, New Year's Six Bowl game. I really do. They, those three players, Jess, they give them something that I think Cincinnati wishes they had. Wish Liberty and think Liberty wishes they had a combo that good because that's two targets in the passing game they can use and a quarterback who's elite in, at both as a runner and a passer. I uh, I mean, uh, Liberty has the quarterback who's the elite thrower who's a good passer and runner too, but they don't have, in my opinion, the surround or as good of surrounding pieces as what Coastal Carolina does. I does for Grayson McCall. Um, I wish I had some more info as far as play action percentages and all that, but uh, uh, the pro, pro football focus college football magazine, uh, their dra- uh, preseason preview, they had all that information. I was able to dig up for all, all those who are listening and interested in, in knowing but they didn't have it on group of five and any of the independents, but uh, except for Notre Dame. So I unfortunately cannot bring up as much as I'd like. But again, I think Coastal Carolina is going to a New Year's Six Bowl. They deserve, They des- I, that would be fun. That would be really fun. They they were a fun story last season. And I, I think uh, Notre Dame, again, I just don't think they can make it to a 
college football playoff again. They'll probably end up in a New Year's Six Bowl just because they're Notre Dame. And I needed to clarify, misspoke. I was, uh, it's it's only the highest group of five that's competing for the New Year's Six Bowl. Notre Dame is an independent, always going to, as long as they don't lose too many games, get up in there just because they're Notre Dame. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, and that, that's, that, that's what I hate is Notre Dame's going to get into the playoff, gets into the playoff too much. 